All right, another episode here of Whiskey Throttle Radio. And we have exciting news, guys. We have merged with the Moto Hub. Whiskey Throttle Radio is now the official podcast of the Moto Hub. So make sure to check them out on Instagram at the Moto Hub One. They're in the App Store, the Google Play Store, uh, themotohub.com. Check them out there. Think Facebook for dirt bike enthusiasts. We've got a fantasy league. Uh, we have it all. We've got a store. Uh, get some Moto Hub swag. Whiskey Throttle Radio shirts coming soon. So make sure to check all that great stuff out. On this episode, we have Privateer YouTube sensation Jeff Walker on to talk about his Millville uh, season so far and his vlogs that have become so popular. And it's really awesome to see uh, putting out some great content there. Uh, you know, he talks about his start of the season was kind of shaky with some bike issues, uh, switching back and forth be- between a couple brands. So we talk about that and just, you know, some other good things going on with his racing career. After that is Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. Darkside went up to Millville this weekend, conquered the weather, watched some dirt bike racing, got some great scoops, so he shares them with us. And we talk about the season so far and some other cool stuff. As always, huge shout-out to our sponsor, Blood Lubricants, uh, makers of high-quality racing oil. This stuff is badass. Uh, makes my bike run so good. So good. Uh, and they got the greaser and chain lube and all that other great stuff. And they want to give you 25% off all of their products. So check them out at bloodlubricants.com and use the promo code WHISKEY for 25% off. As always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Right now, as a privateer out of Michigan, is a YouTube sensation. It's Jeff Walker. What's up, buddy? Not <laughs> much, man. How's it going? It's going good. You know, I was, you know, about to load up and uh, head out to Tampa MX, and then it just started raining all day. So, typical Florida summer, right? Yeah, dude. I think uh, we're experiencing some of that Florida summer up here. Yeah. If you guys saw the last, if you guys saw the last video, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump right into that. Uh, so Millville this weekend. Um, flash flood warnings. I saw I saw your, your last vlog. It downpoured forever, it seemed like. And it wasn't just raining. It was like a hard rain, it seemed. Uh, but the track turned out pretty good, huh? Yeah, dude. Honestly, uh, like from the time we got to the track Saturday morning to when practice started at like 1030, there were, I heard like four or five times that they were canceling. Like people's, people's emergency warnings on their phones were going off for like tornado and flash flood warnings and stuff. And I was like, there is no way we are riding. It's going to be horrible. Uh, and then, yeah, the 250B guys uh, fired up their bikes and went up to the line. And I was like, are you kidding me? There's no way. And, uh, dude, the track honestly was pretty good. Like it honestly didn't even seem worse than like any other pro national for practice. Pretty good. Yeah. I Like I said in your vlog, man, it – the first practices, and they were better. I think the first practice was better than the first moto was, but it, it didn't look bad at all. I mean, uh, it seemed like you were jumping everything, you know, right out of the gate. Uh, but with it, you know, with the mud, obviously we know um, the 250B guys tend to get a lot better times uh, just because the track is in all tore up. Did uh, that make you nervous at all? Because I, I know they weren't running LCQs or anything headed, in, headed into practice. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was like the big worry, like question mark throughout the morning because. Uh... Like, I was thinking back to Indiana last year when it downpoured, and I was lucky enough to be in that first session, and I qualified fifth. <laughs> and, like, I think the the fastest factory dude was Savachi, and I think he qualified, like, 17th. And there were a bunch of factory yeah. dudes who didn't even make it in because uh, it was, like, the same setup with the rain, and there was no LCQ and stuff. So in my head, I was thinking, like, well, great. I'm going to qualify, like, 67th and have to drive nine hours home. But, yeah, uh, yeah like I said, I don't know. I think the track workers just did an awesome job, like, rolling it in. It was pretty much, like, concrete out there, so the rain was just uh, rolling right off the track. And then 
dude, they were actually super smart about how they laid out the facility because there was like a dried creek bed that ran straight through the middle of the, um, like the infield and all the rain just came off the, the hills and went straight down into that thing. And it turned into like a category five rapids by, by the time practice started. So yeah, they just did some really good track work. It, tra- it drained off really nice. And yeah, dude, when we went out for practice, it was like pretty nice actually. Yeah, I think it just goes to show you. I mean, obviously, it's it was supposed to rain on Saturday for a while. Like they knew they knew it was probably going to rain. So that track prep really goes a long way. Obviously, they probably didn't rip it too deep. Then it really turned out well. It kept it nice. Yeah, dude, it's always a risk because like all day Friday, I was looking at the weather, um, and it was saying there's like a forty to fifty percent chance of rain all day. But like that's also a sixty percent chance that it's not going to rain. So kind of a risk because um you know if they pack it in and it doesn't rain then maybe they like the track doesn't turn out as good for the motos or whatever um but yeah dude i think they they made a great choice there because yeah i went out there and i couldn't believe it with how much rain there was and just the river that was running through the pits and everything <laughs> i was not expecting that yeah uh let's talk about the motos here at uh, 33rd the first one i know you had some bike problems but hey 22nd in that second moto, I know you really want to get some points, but if you just look at the results and there's 20 factory guys out there. So man, that's, that's awesome. You have to be stoked on that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks dude. Um, I, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause like, obviously after like Hangtown, if you told me I was going to get 22nd at Millville, I would have been super stoked, mm-hmm. but just the way that the like tiny progress has been going on, like each weekend, it's like, I'm still, I want to make like big leaps and bounds yeah. every weekend, you know? So the 22nd was definitely a huge leap compared to my like previous best this year, 27. So I was super happy with that, but on the bitter end of it, the overall result doesn't really show it because we had that DNF in the first moto still ended up 33rd. Cause I think enough people like crashed out yeah. with bike and stuff. Um, but yeah, dude, points are going to be really tough. Like I was definitely like the first privateer dude and the gap between the factory and the privateer dudes is pretty huge. So it's going to take a lot for sure. Um, maybe a little bit of luck to get those points. And the first moto, was it just overheating or did you find something else wrong with the bike? Um, I think it was just the clutch. Cause like we took the um, coolant cap off or the radiator cap and there's still coolant in it. Um, it wasn't making any noises or anything. So I think the clutch just got really hot and just, started smoking um obviously i didn't want to like blow anything up so as soon as i saw the smoke i was like yeah we'll call that but uh yeah it ended up working out well um i think if we would have blown the motor the motor up it definitely would have been a kind of crappy weekend so definitely was a good move to pull off and then come out in moto two yeah i it definitely it makes sense and i'm not sure at what what point you pulled off I, i think it was pretty much towards the end of the moto but maybe that even that little bit of extra energy you saved uh not uh, treachering in the mud there for a couple of minutes might have helped too. <laughs> yeah, if I knew I only had like three minutes left, I might have kept going. But dude, with how muddy it was, yeah. like I could barely see anything. So I couldn't even see like my dad's pit board or anything. So I didn't know how far in the moto I was. I didn't know how like long I had left. So yeah, I, if I knew I would have had three minutes left, I probably would have kept going. But um, in hindsight, maybe it's a good thing I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about your season as a whole here. Uh, obviously, we saw on your vlogs before the season, you're on a Honda, and then you show up to Hangtown on a Husky 450, and now you're back on a Honda. What Can you explain that uh, to us, uh, why the different switching of the bikes? <laughs> yeah, this one uh, has definitely been confusing people. Uh, the plan all along was to race a Honda 250 at all the nationals, starting from round one all the way to the end. Um, but the race bike was taking a while to get built, and we didn't get it. I didn't actually get to test on the race bike until like, I don't know, a month before or like maybe three weeks before we were leaving for Hangtown. And uh, there was some like manufacturer error with the piston where just a little chunk of the piston broke off and clogged the oil feed to the head, which absolutely destroyed it in like the first half hour that I rode it. Um, And we just didn't have enough time to get it rebuilt before I went out to California. and I had the Honda 450 at the time, but that thing was also having some overheating issues. Like in 15 minutes, the radiators would be pretty much empty. Um, I mean, I was in Florida and it was pretty hot and sandy, but, you know, a lot of the rounds are hot and sandy. Yeah. So I didn't really trust riding the Honda 450 with the cooling problems and everything at a pro national. Um, I felt like that probably wasn't going to go over well. Uh, so 
yeah, I was frantically trying to figure out what to do. And then my buddy said I could ride one of his uh, 2019 KTM 450s at a practice track we were at and just fell in love with it. Like from the first corner I hit, I was like, dude, this thing is good. Uh, so we quickly traded in the Honda for uh, the Husky. I wanted a KTM, the factory edition KTM, but they didn't have one. They had the Rockstar Husky, and they're pretty much the same bike. So we just pulled the trigger on it because we needed something like now. <laughs> so, yeah, that was what um, prompted that. And then the whole time we were out in California, the 250 was getting fixed, and now I'm riding that. Yeah, and then so the first two nationals didn't quite go the way you wanted. Um, I just didn't make the motos. But I hadn't realized this uh, that Husky is pretty much bone stock, huh? Yeah, it, yeah, we didn't change a thing on it. We just rolled it off the showroom floor. Actually, I changed the bars. I put my bars on it, but <laughs> yeah, that's it. Other than that, yep, it still has the stock grip on the throttle side. <laughs> how how hard is it to ride an outdoor national track with stock suspension? Um, I mean, it's not so much that it's hard to ride it for like one lap. For one lap, you can almost kind of go like within a couple seconds that you could with really good suspension but it's the fact that you know 10 minutes into the moto when you're having to exert like 150 percent of your energy just to go as fast as you could exerting like 80 percent on good suspension so the main thing wasn't really qualifying it was like lasting throughout the motos at colorado which really was really tough um but like qualifying and stuff, I mean, the suspension was definitely pretty soft because obviously it's just set up for the consumer um, and we didn't even get it resprung or anything or revalved. So it was definitely soft when I was really trying to push super hard in qualifying. But I mean, honestly, it's, it's a pretty good bike. Like I, I really liked it. A lot of people hate on the air forks or whatever, but I like that I was able to just pump as much air in it as I wanted yeah. to. If like, I felt like it was too soft, I could just crank up the air and <laughs> hope that that was good. So I mean, it's definitely really tough, and the suspension, the race tech suspension that I have on the 250 is incredible, and, like, I would hate to go back to stock now, but, I mean, it's kind of cool that we proved that you can do it on the stock bike. Yeah, definitely. That's a, definitely a, a big accomplishment. Um, so you made the motos in Thunder Valley on the Husky, and then we series heads east. Uh, you get your 250 back. How hard is it for you to kind of readjust to that bike, or is it hard at all? Um, honestly, man, like, I don't know, I don't really have too much trouble, like, um, adjusting to different bikes. Uh, like, it's kind of a little bit weird going from 450 to 250. But as far as like Husky to Honda, it's, it's really not that different other than you're just looking at a different front fender. Um, they feel like pretty similar, I guess, really. And I think the good thing about the Husky is that it, it's super light. It actually weighs the same as my 250. So, okay. honestly, I think I think going from the Honda 450 to Honda 250 is more weird than going from the Husky 450 to Honda 250 just because the Husky's a little bit slower, it's a lot lighter. So, it honestly feels more like a 250 than a Honda 450 does. Okay, that's, uh, that's real interesting. Uh, another thing that you changed up, uh, wearing some sweet Alpine Stars gear, got the new helmet on as well. And not a lot of guys are running A stars. Um, I don't even know if they. I don't. They even sell it. I don't even believe they sell it to the public uh, yet. Well, how'd you get hooked up with them, and uh, what's it like running their stuff? Yeah, dude, that was crazy. Um, so the first, or actually, it was the second round at Paula or Fox Raceway, whatever you want to call it now. Um, I met up with Michael Lindsay, and the dude is—he's insane, man. Honestly, like the the number of people he knows, and like the work that he puts in on his phone and everything is crazy. I've never seen anything like it. So he came over and he was like, Hey man, like, what are you doing for goggles? What are you doing for a helmet? What are you doing for boots? Oh, we got to go talk to this guy. You don't have a deal with Alpine star. We got to go talk to Alpine star. And so all day after the motos, we were just running around talking to different people and meeting them. And, uh, Ashley, the Alpine stars rep invited us to come out to the headquarters, um, that week. I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. And I was like, oh, cool, man. We'll get some boots. That'd be really awesome. I definitely need some new boots. And uh, we showed up. She kind of gave us a little tour and took us up to the conference room. And she was like, all right, I'll be right back. And she left for a couple minutes. And then when she came back, she was carrying a pair of boots, but she was also carrying gear and a helmet. And she was like, hey, like, I don't know what your, uh, your contracts are like with, you know, your companies right now, but would you be interested in, you know, going full head to toe? And at the time, I really didn't have any, like, quote-unquote contracts yeah. with them. I was just getting, like, the standard, like, 40% off through hookit.com or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that would be amazing. So definitely couldn't pass up on that, um, you know, going from 
not really getting great deals to just getting the sickest gear on the market for, you know, free. So, yeah, that was super sick. I'm so stoked to be rocking that stuff. Like, ever since Tomac and Barsha started wearing it in, like, what, 2012 or 2013, I was, like, obsessed with it. Yeah. So, it's honestly a dream. Dude, and their stuff, I've noticed, I've maybe I've just noticed it outdoors, but their stuff this year it looks really good. Um, and it's got to feel cool, man, because I think it's, what, Tomac, Anderson, Barsha, uh, Taiki Koga, and then I think you are the only ones out there running it. So, that's that's got to be cool. Yeah, dude, I've never really liked to be, like, the type of person to just take whatever deal is out there um, and then just blend in. Like, uh, it seems like a lot of the privateers end up wearing the same exact gear, and there's, like, 10 or 15 dudes out there who look identical to yeah. each other. And I don't know. I'm not really about that. I like to kind of stick out and uh, have some stuff that's unique. So, yeah, to be paired up with Alpine Stars is, like, the perfect scenario, honestly. It's so cool. Yeah, and it, the stuff looks good. I Like, at first, I didn't like the look of that helmet, but I don't know. It's like growing on me. This stuff looks, it looks really cool. Yeah, dude, when it first came out, I wasn't sure about it. But, dude, every time I see it, it's growing on me. And, dude, have you ever picked one up? No, I haven't. Dude, it's so light. It's insane, man. Like, yeah, it's crazy. You don't even feel like you're wearing a dirt bike helmet. It feels like a mountain bike helmet. That's it's awesome. A, that's awesome. It's got to feel good on the neck after a 30-minute moto. Oh, yeah. Or in the mud moto, like with the mud building oh, yeah. up all on it. Like, yeah. Last year at Ironman, my helmet was like sliding mm -hmm. off my head. Yep. If it's pushing, but, on, pushing on your goggles, it's so heavy and just messing you up. I've been there. Yeah, they've, they've got some cool features on it, too. Like there's different mounting spots with the pads so that you can kind of adjust okay. like where the pads are on your head. So it's pretty cool. I, I really like it. I got gotcha. you. Uh, moving on here, let's uh, talk about the vlog life, Jeff. It's been blowing up like crazy. It's awesome to see. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit the last time you were on here because I think that's when you had just gotten it started. But uh, where did the inspiration uh, come to start putting all your stuff on YouTube and uh, showing it to the world? Yeah, dude, it's been insane, honestly. Like, I don't know what causes a channel to grow or blow up, like whether it's just luck or good timing or what it is. But, yeah, it's been crazy, dude. And it's like – I don't know, last time we talked about it, I was just kind of talking about how, like, cool it is to make a little bit of money doing it, but yeah. now it's getting to the point where, like, dude, it's like a potential career option, honestly. <laughs> like, it, I basically, in the last six months, went from kind of thinking this was going to be my last year racing professional motocross to, like, now, like, racing motocross could be mm -hmm. a career for me. So, it's been crazy. Um, but, yeah, I originally started it because, uh, pretty much my whole motocross career, it was just me and my dad and my older brother going to the tracks every day. And, um, you know, we, we were together pretty much all the time. Uh, and then when I went down to Florida for college, my dad, like, obviously wasn't around anymore because he's up here in Michigan. And so every single time I would go to the track, he was like, hey, dude, make sure Bridget gets some uh, video. Like, send me some pictures. Yeah. I want to see what's going on. How's the track and everything? So I'm like, dad, you know what? I'll just get a GoPro. And every time I go to the track, I'll just post a GoPro on YouTube. So you can just check it out. And, yeah, that, that should satiate your, your thirst for it. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, after a couple of just raw GoPro uploads, um, a couple people started watching them. And then they were like, hey, dude, like, how do you like your new factory edition Honda? And so I was like, well, I'll make a video and tell you how I like it. And then it just started from there. Like once I uploaded that, that, that was kind of like my first big hit video. And then I uploaded some riding at Florida tracks and trails, which is kind of like a big known thing down in Florida. So yeah, it just went from there and people really liked it, like the GoPro setup. They really liked, um, just my presentation, I guess. So yeah, dude, it's really crazy how it happened, but it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely awesome to see. I was like, as I was watching your vlog the other day, I was looking at your numbers and it's just through the roof and, you know, you mentioned you make money off it too, which is really good for privateer life because you need all the help you can get to make it from round to round. But not only the money, but like connections, like Michael Lindsay, you know, um, and posting everyone posting about you on Racer X and stuff like that. It's going to help you meet more people in the industry and help you uh, out and get more rides and stuff like that as well. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Like the connections is the biggest thing for me, honestly, because you know I've been racing dirt bikes for like. 18 years or whatever and i've been racing professionally for five years and dude i've never gotten anything for free before mm -hmm. like as sad as that sounds like even after getting 11th last year at indiana i've never gotten anything for free so like this year was a complete culture shock like people are just kind of throwing themselves at yeah. the YouTube channel so 
it's definitely crazy to see how like the power of social media, I guess, if you want to call it that is, uh, it's insane, dude. It's been awesome. And like I said, just getting hooked up with the a kit suspension, race tech, Alpine star, just everything, man. Like it's helping out so much. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And it's, I hope it keeps the grow for you, man. And, you know, brings you uh, to more places and stuff. And, uh, you know, now that you're a YouTube rock star, are we maybe rethinking the Supercross for next year? Oh man, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that honestly. Oh. <laughs> but but we might be doing Supercross, all right? We I can say that much. Okay. I I don't know if you saw uh or I don't even know I, I think you're done with school, but they're coming back to Tampa. So, you know, redemption for you. Oh, I did see that. I have to kind of scope out the whoop section before <laughs> I commit on that one. Still hurting. Just close your eyes and hold her wide open. Well, yeah, that's what my mechanic said to do, but it didn't work out so great. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, what's it right now? Four rounds left. Uh, what are your goals for the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, so four rounds left. Unfortunately, I'm only going to make it out to two of those because um, I kind of I had something lined up to uh, go out and do Washougal. Someone was going to bring a bike for me to ride, but then they ended up uh, getting hurt, so they weren't going to be able to bring their uh, bike for me to ride. So Washougal is kind of a bust now. Um, I'll do Unadilla, so that'll be my first time ever going to Unadilla. Um, and then Bud's Creek is the same weekend that school starts. So I'm going to have to miss that one too, but I'll fly back for Indiana cause that's kind of a local one. But as far as goals go, dude, I mean, you know, I want those points so bad. So I'm definitely going to put that, um, as goal number one, but of course, just like, it's kind of weird how just qualifying can be difficult. And then other times I find myself like almost getting points. So yeah. hard to really make set goals, but obviously I want those points, man. Yeah. You got him. Hey, you got him last round last year. You know, maybe there's some magic down there in Indiana. Dude, I'm praying for rain. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I know when I when I saw the mud mud uh, the rain happening and all the tweets from Racer X and stuff, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a good one for Jeff. Dude, I know, and I was like, I just need to qualify. That's gonna be the hard part. But then once I'm in the motos, it'll be prime. So yeah, I was. I was stoked on the mud. I don't really know why, because when I'm riding in the mud, I don't necessarily feel like a very good mud rider, but I don't know what it is. I guess I'm going faster than I think I am. <laughs> and you're taller than most riders, I feel like, too, so maybe those long legs kind of help you paddle through in some spots, man. Who knows? A little stuff like that oh, yeah. goes a long way. Put them out like skis, you know? <laughs> exactly. Keep me upright. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, before I let you go, who do you want to thank for getting you out there? Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Um, definitely want to thank my family, first and foremost. They're just so supportive and everything. It's uh, kind of rare to have a family that's willing to put this much into moto. Um, beyond that, Championship Power Sports Racing, Yoshimura, um, Alpine Star, Dunlop, MGX Unlimited, Steel Supplements, Race Tech, uh, Michael Lindsay. <laughs> He's the man. Um, Risk Racing, of course, and 100% uh, Goggles. And, yes. There's anyone I forgot. This is my first time I've actually had to uh, had a list of more than like three sponsors, oh, so man. I'm a little bit rusty at it. Big Sorry. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, but and then thanks thanks to you for having me on the show, man. Dude, of course, you know anytime you're welcome, and uh, I'm in, I'm back in Florida now, so when you when you come back for school, we'll be we'll be doing some riding. Heck yeah, dude! That is great to hear. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, peace out, man. Thank you. See ya. What's up, guys? We've got some exciting news as our sponsor, Blood Lubricants, continues to push the bar with high-quality products. In addition to their already outstanding racing oil, they've added fork and shock fluid, gear oil, chain lube, kick-ass degreaser, detailer, and pre-race spray. Whether you have a UTV, Harley, ATV, or dirt bike, Blood Lubricants has you covered. They're offering sponsorship opportunities from the amateur level to the pro level, and they're already sponsoring top privateers like Tyler Bowers, Henry Miller, and Bubba Polly. Racing is in their blood, but that's not all. They want to hook you guys up as well. Head on over to bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D lubricants.com, and use promo code WHISKEY for 25% off your order. Don't need, No need to rewind it. I'll say it again. 25% off your order with promo code WHISKEY at bloodlubricants.com. Jeff Green, hooking you guys up. High-quality stuff. Check it out. Back to the show.
All right, on the line right now from the Moto X Pod Show, it's Darkseid. What's up, man? How's it going? Going good, man. Uh, looking forward to doing this. It was great seeing you at WW Ranch a few weeks ago. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, you went to Millville this weekend, so I had to get uh, some of your takes on it. That was an experience. Uh, yeah, Millville was rad, other than a lot of crappy weather all week. Yeah, let's let's talk about the monsoon first. That was like a hardcore Florida thunderstorm. Uh, it seemed like for, what, six hours or something like that? Man, it seemed pretty gnarly. Uh, I don't know about six hours. Um, let's see. So I'll just start from the beginning. We got there Tuesday, and it had been raining. And then it rained Tuesday night. It rained Wednesday morning. Uh, I want to say it rained again Thursday night before our amateur practice. It was muddy, real muddy Friday morning, nice all day, the rest of the day Friday, and then Saturday for the pro day. Yeah, it, it was three or four hours of probably really good rain for sure. Um, it stopped for a little while, and then it came back to a lightning storm, tents blowing like crazy, uh, talks of canceling it, talks of only going one moto, and then we saw what happened. We did 30 plus two twice. Yeah, I was. I had Jeff Walker on, and he was saying the same yeah. thing. And like, I've never even—I don't even remember the last time if they have ever canceled a uh, moto. So I know it's—it um, has to be pretty bad. But dude, I was shocked that the track looked as good as it did. Dude, yeah. By the end of uh, the second motos, it was pretty amazing. Those guys made it look so freaking easy. I was actually—I was pretty angry actually Friday afternoon because Friday was press day. I raced. Both my motos were done by 1.15 p.m., and press started at 1.30, and I struggled. It was so sloppy. Um, ruts were so long and nasty. I was coming to a stop down there to go through these ruts. And then Amart and uh, the other guys go out there and hit them wide open, mm -hmm. no problems. And I was just like, this is bull crap. Like, that's, now that's how you're supposed to do it. Okay, yeah, it's unbelievable how well they rode. But, yeah, the track came around fantastic by the end of – saturday afternoon for sure or saturday evening yeah you have to commend the guys over there in millville man they the track prep must have been unbelievable because even like hangtown it started raining the second motos and i think the hangtown track was worse than spring creek was yeah john martin and his crew they worked all i mean they worked tirelessly during the storms they were out there in dozers working um non-stop just they didn't shut it down they were they were busting their butts and then after the races were over they worked all night Saturday night to get it ready for the amateur race Sunday, and it was honestly completely mint. It was so really? perfect. I couldn't believe it. They, yeah, they did an amazing job. And and then you won, swept both motos, amateur day? Uh, I rode Friday's amateur day. I did not oh, ride okay. Sunday because I was being a little bitch, and I was like, no, nah, it's going to be nasty and muddy, and I'm just going to sleep in. Mm -hmm. And I woke up in time to go watch my buddies practice, and the track was perfect, perfect. and I was really – I yeah I made a I made a mistake by not a, a racing. Yeah yeah but you know if, if you probably would have raced the track would have been awful. You know that's just how it works sometimes. Probably <laughs> probably and I did some damage to my bike on Thursday in practice and mm -hmm. then just well, I crashed and another dude hit me and tore some things up so it's probably better that I just hung out and watched anyway. Yeah hey it makes sense I still had a good time I'm yeah. sure. Uh, let's talk about the results here. Cooper Webb yep. going one one, uh, kind of unexpected. Uh, obviously we know he can ride hard and ride really good but. He hasn't been on this level all year and kind of took me by surprise. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think um, I think it was a little bit of a surprise because we, as we tend to do when the results aren't there early in the season, you start writing people off. Uh, but, you know, we, we know with his history what kind of rider he is, and it just takes a little bit of – get a little bit of motivation, and also that guy comes on fire. And um, when you, you, once he got that first win and the first moto, I was like, all right, we're, these guys may be in trouble now. Cooper's got it figured out. Maybe not. You know, maybe it was just a fluke, but I seriously doubt it. I think the guy feeds off of that kind of, uh, you know, getting a win, and now he's just going to want more. I think he. I think it just took him a little while to get over the championship, uh, you know, the, the Supercross championship that takes mm -hmm. a little bit out of you, and I talked to him about that, and he said, you know, he was behind the eight ball starting off of the season. Yeah, and so obviously I don't think it's a fluke either. We know he can go out there and win, win motos, but one thing, he got great starts, and we know in the mud, starts are, yep. are pretty key. And then, two, like, people forget, I think, he's really good. Uh, maybe not so much in the hardcore mud, but in this really soft stuff. Like, think Oakland, Supercross, Seattle Supercross. He's always really good in this kind of wet and sloppy conditions as well. So, I think maybe that gave, yeah. gave him some confidence going into the motos. Um, and then the starts obviously helped a lot, too. 
Yeah, you, you could be right. You know, in A1, if I'm not mistaken, he uh, he, had, yeah. he crashed to begin the main and, and worked his way back up. I don't remember top 10 anyway. I can't remember where he finished, maybe seventh. I think I finished. But he was – okay, so he was – and I think he was the fastest guy in the mud that night, you know. And so, yeah, I, I don't think he has any issues with the mud. Obviously, we saw what he could do in it this weekend. Yeah, and he's a guy, dude, he, he feeds off confidence. So I wouldn't be surprised if he yeah. starts winning motos uh, from here on out too, you know. Yeah, I actually picked him in fantasy for this weekend because I okay. think he's going to be on fire after last weekend. Yeah, it's a, not a bad choice. Um, so I was a little surprised on Zach Osborne as well. Obviously, dude, the dude is super hardcore. Um, but honestly, this is like a second best result all season other than his moto win. Yeah. Um, and coming off the injury. So uh, a pleasant surprise from Zach there as well. 100%. Uh, Zach is now – anybody that listens to our show knows that Zach is my, my 450 guy now. Mm-hmm. I've been a Chiss fan for years, but Zach has taken over that spot. Um, so, you know, I was texting with him probably Tuesday or Wednesday last week and just asking, you know, if he was actually still going to make it, uh, you know, what he was feeling like. He's like, yeah, I feel good. And, he, you know, I checked with him. He gave a uh, status report when we were doing our show the week before and said he was feeling good. But I definitely did not expect that. I thought, you know, top seven would probably be, you know, pretty good for him. You know, when you come off shoulder injury, you don't really know how strong it's going to yeah. be, how long it's going to last. But the guy's on fire. He's a he's just a beast, man. He he wants to win so bad, and he does it. He just, he's so strong at the end of the motos. So I was a little surprised, but I was very, very happy with it. Yeah, it's definitely cool to see. Uh, another kind of surprise was Ken Roxon, 14th in that first moto, um, yeah. but then he comes out and gets second, leads for a long time in the in the second moto. Um, they didn't show it on TV or anything, but did he did he crash in that first moto? Do you know what happened? Yeah, I think he did. I don't remember the. You know, here's the thing: I'm sitting there when you're at these races, it's really hard to keep up with everything that's going on, especially in the mud. But as I recall, yes, he did go down early in like maybe the first lap or so. Okay. Yeah. That makes, you know, makes speaking more sense. Of, speaking of his finish, man, that 14-2, um, which was, what, fifth overall, I believe. Yeah. Um, our point system, I had a big discussion with our my Texas buddies that were up there with me this weekend. Um, John Short, our buddy who finished seventh, John goes 6-8. You know, and you just feel yeah. like, well, a 6-8 should be a 14-2. Like, you know, when you think mm-hmm. of amateur motocross and the Olympic-style scoring and we had a lot of discussion about that. Um, what do you think, man? I mean, I mean, do you like the point system? I mean, I guess it's been that way for years, but I, dude, John, John's consistency—I just feel like should have been better than seven. Yeah, yeah, he could have easily had that. Probably should have fifth overall, you know. But um, I, I do like how that kind of rewards you a little more uh, if you finish in that yeah. the top three. Or t- I think it's top five, I guess. It, and then after yeah. that, it goes to single points. I, I don't mind that, but in the case like this, it does kind of like makes you wonder you know like oh i don't know if maybe that's the right way to do it but um, right. but i don't yeah. i don't mind it um maybe it could it be better yeah probably but it's i don't think it's like horrible or anything yeah i'm not really like mad about it but just when it's one of your buddies you're like oh yeah. golly he's got a top five you know a privateer mm-hmm. tpj you know a guy's been working his butt off and anyway yeah i was just but still you know yeah marvin or uh roxon's just I did think, like I said, I did think he crashed, but still, he's just been so inconsistent. Yeah. So, some good motos, some really great motos, just like Marvin. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to Marvin later. I want to talk about okay. that later. But uh, did you talk to John John Short after the motos? Was he just love the mud or what, man? Because he was hauling ass. You know, what it really comes down to is John has always struggled with starts, uh, and he got two fantastic starts. I think he was top five in both of them. Uh, I was standing along the start stretch uh, when he on their left when he took off and he was probably three quarters or halfway down he was in the top two or three. Uh, his Honda was just pulling like he had Dino on second moto I think yeah. it was to his right it was Ben LeMay was to his right and Dino was next and he was pulling both those guys. Just uh, I think that's really what it comes down to because when you John's very fast if you look at his lap times um, in Supercross and outdoors he's not that far off the top ten guys. But he gets really bad starts a lot, and when he got the good start, he just he was able to stay up there. And um, yes, he's pretty good in mud, but honestly, he's pretty good everywhere. He yeah. just, you know, he, he's riding a privateer bike, and he gets bad starts a lot, and he that's you know that, that causes his struggles. Yeah, I I did notice that like he well, obviously right up there in the start, and I haven't I don't think I've ever really seen him right up there on the start uh, before. No. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I hope he can back it up, get a good start at Washougal, and back that up. Um, 
Yeah, he had uh, he had Greg Alverson wrenching for him, mm-hmm. which that's the other thing that John's dealt with all year is not having a consistent mechanic. Yeah, uh, he he's had buddies here and there, just finding random people. Sometimes they're not real knowledgeable. It's been a struggle. This weekend, he was able to bring Greg, and Greg is very knowledgeable and knows what he's doing. And I think it calmed John down a lot. Mm-hmm. And he he is taking Greg to Washougal with him. So hopefully, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I'd love to see another top ten at him. I think it's gonna be difficult. You know, if you look at the guys that he beat. Uh, you know, there's guys like Aaron Plessinger and who had a bad moto and, you know, Freddie Norn. Yeah. It's it's not going to be easy to get that top ten again, but it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope you back Southwest. I would love seeing the Privateers go out there and crush it. Uh, another Privateer, Henry Miller, fifth in that first moto. Was the place just going crazy for him? Yes. Every lap, no matter where I was standing, every lap when he went by, people were screaming for him. And uh, his pit area had a lot of people there after the first motos. Yeah, he's a good Henry's a good dude. So I was I was really stoked to see him out there. Um, yeah, I love it when a, any privateer goes out there and crushes it. And like they they didn't get lucky with these either. Like that first moto, they were it was just I think it was Teasdale, Short, and Miller just running away with it. Like then they were just having the same lap times as everyone else. You know, it wasn't that everyone else yeah. crashed. It was it was awesome to see. Yeah, it was great. They they weren't making many mistakes. So they were just keeping their head down and. Um... Yeah, it was really cool to watch, uh, you know, John and all those guys. I was excited. I, I like the privateers as much as anybody, and it's cool to see them go out there and, yeah, take it to the to the big boys sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so 250s, Adam Cincerello, another overall win, 3-1 on the day. Uh, was really sketchy in that first moto towards the end. Uh, yes, he was. Even lost a spot with uh, with that tip over. Um, I was almost, like, waiting. I was like, okay, here we go. This is, this is where it's going to happen because all season I've been kind of waiting for that Adam moment where he just – eats shit hard you know but man I, I was surprised he was able to regroup and uh and obviously that second one was awesome yeah he he's been doing that all year though you know you think mm-hmm. about it, even in supercross you know without just that one big mistake that he made at vegas the guy i think guys is just on a different level than he has been the last couple of years uh mentally you know not talent wise uh not physically i think nick way really just has him focused in a different way um and he, you know, he's, as Steve talked about on Pulp, you know, the other night, he, he's grown up, he's becoming a man. Uh, I think, I think a lot has changed in his personal life, mentally, you know, where he he's more focused. And I, it, barring any craziness, he should win this championship. Yeah, and I want to talk about the, you know, the Supercross, obviously a heartbreaking ordeal. Um, this outdoor season has been a huge surprise to me uh, for Adam, just because. One, he's never had these results outdoors. That gives what one overall before the season started, and um, mm-hmm. I knew Dylan Franis was going to be firing on all cylinders. Justin Cooper was super, riding super good at the beginning of the year. I don't know I'm just like I knew Adam would be good. I knew he'd win races, but I didn't think he'd like kind of dominate the way he's doing. It's funny that seems to be the common theme. Most people say they're surprised, and I'm not surprised. Like I always expect Adam to win, even when he has these bad races or is inconsistent and crashes. Like every week, I, I expect Adam to win. I just for some in the last couple of years, even like I just feel like Adam is the most talented kid out there. He just hasn't been able to put it together. So to be honest, I'm not that surprised. I was more surprised at the way the last few years went. Yeah, I guess I was too. But that then I think it became for me like it was almost like the normal. Um, yeah, I can see that. It's like the Zach thing. It's it's a pleasant surprise. I like AC. He's a Florida boy, um, so it's it's really cool to see and. Dude, he's gone. He's been through the ringer last, you know, ever since turning pro. So it's really awesome to see him like, right. turn it around. Yeah, he deserves this championship. I mean, I think we all know he's going 450 next year. Um, I, I would hate to see him go 450 without at least some kind of 250 yeah. championship. Um, I know the two, the Supercross one was the one that seems to matter the most for him. But you know that that's probably not going to happen now. Uh, let's get a national championship and then go up and maybe take one to Eli. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe AC becomes a big guy, Kawi. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome to see. Uh, talk about Alex Martin real quick. Um, two, three, Ooh. he's back. Obviously, uh, something's working right with those JGR bikes. You even see Kyle Peters up there in the front on the starts. Uh, yep. But uh, two, three, home race. But what, I want to get your opinion on the ruling. Um, what do you think about the you know one position docking? I think it was fair because when he went off the track, he he did not he didn't slow down. He was yeah. on it. Um, you know, and I think that's the biggest issue. You got to slow down. That's they've talked about that a lot. You know, it, look, it was a long, long way to find a spot to get back on the track. Where he went up on that ledge is the same place that Alves mm-hmm. uh, 
bonsai off in the first moto of you know and that wasn't safe either that wasn't a good option uh it wasn't the safest place to re-enter so for alex to go to a safe spot it was probably five six hundred feet away um which i think is an issue and i I think in that mode when they're in race mode they're panicking and they're on the gas but i think one position's fair yeah my thing is if you're like i think it's fair too I even if they if it was three positions I still think it was fair. My thing is if you go off track in the start, you shouldn't be able to just get back in whatever place you were. Um, you know, like it, it you should be penalized for going off track. You know, so you you should lose yeah. more. So I was cool with it. Um, because let's say he just stopped or tried to re-enter, he'd be way back. So it, it's yeah, he would have lost a lot of spots. Or you know, if he had stayed on the track, he might have been might have been a crash. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. it's so congested. Uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I think uh, I think it was fair. Um, yeah, I'm good with it. I just think it's funny the different positions they did, how how they determine like AC was at Redbud was what, two or three positions, and then right. like, they just give Amart one here. Like I don't know how they determine the position, but that, that, that's just they probably just like it's like a, the uh, when you play bingo or whatever, mm-hmm. the little balls are in a you know the bubble and they're bouncing around. They just reach in and grab a ball. I'm like oh, two positions. Yeah. Uh, hey, before we talk about Marv, I just want to give a shout out to your Texas boy Zane Merritt. Um, that was awesome. Pain. I don't know how he's alive because that was a gnarly crash. It was nasty. Like, I didn't see it day of. Um, I was in a spot where I couldn't see it. I just knew he didn't come around the first lap. Uh, I went ahead and finished watching the 250 motos, and as soon as the gate dropped on the 450s, I walked over to his pit to check on him. And he was in good spirits. His head was split open. He was banged up. You know, his shoulder was a little dinged up. Uh, but he was in really good spirits, and yeah, I I don't know how he wasn't like out cold. Yeah, um, that was a hell of a lick. And then he sent me the video that night, which I actually there's no phone signal at Millville if you have Verizon, so I didn't even get it till we were on our way home Monday night, and uh, it was nasty for sure. I'm I'm glad he's okay, and uh, he's gonna go to Washougal, and I think he's gonna kick some ass there too. Man, I hope so. And. Yeah, that kid has like the best style. I think out of anyone there, with yeah. the hair flowing out the back, and dude, he sends it and like, but he's he's pretty much in, like he sends it, but he's kind of in control at the same time. You know, I think he just lets it yeah, hang yeah. out and he rides really loose, and I like it. It's cool. He does. You know, the only issue I have with Zane, and I said this last night on the Pulpamex wrap up show, is that he's taking the uh, he's taking some of the highlight away from my hair. Uh, everybody's <laughs> talking about his hair now, so I got a little issue with that. But you no, know, really, Zane's a great kid. He's got. Um, He's on fire for – he has a passion for this racing, and he believes he should get a shot. Uh, I believe it, too. He he, he talked, you know, on Pulp, and, and I did an interview with him at the track about – he wouldn't name names, but I know who he was talking about because he was looking at them right across the, yeah. the driveway to the other pit. He said, those guys right there, three or four of those guys who are, are factory riders, and I'm beating them. Mm-hmm. You know, week in and week out, I, I'm beating these guys. Uh, I want a shot, you know, and – I, I I don't think he's wrong. I think he's he's earning something. I think Zane's going to get some kind of support, uh, whether it's a cycle trader support ride or something. I know people are looking at him. Yeah, yeah, that, that would uh, definitely be awesome to see. I hope he goes out and you know Supercross next year will be his first season. So I think there if he, yep. if he doesn't get a, like some support by then, if he goes out there and crushes it in Supercross, which I think he can, um, it'll be awesome to see. Uh, all right, let's talk Marv here. So. Okay. This is kind of weird for Marv. He's usually the consistent guy, um, and this year he has been very even. Supercross, you you saw crashes, tip overs, weirdo results. Um, just wanted to point out this year, so far he has five motos of seventh or worse, and then last year at this point he only had four motos off the podium. Um, but I want to get your opinion on this. I do think Supercross and outdoors. I think he is going faster this year um, th- than he's ever gone. But he's lost that consistency, which has kept him in the, these title hunts in the past. Yeah. Well, I think we've seen at a number of rounds he's just been caught up in these little incidences that aren't even his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, he got taken out a couple times on starts at uh, maybe high point. I don't remember which round. Um, just, yeah, just little things that middle mistakes and he'll crash or somebody will take him out. Uh, and it's been real unfortunate because you're right. Even in Supercross, you talked about, I think um, – you know, a lot of the times he was the fastest guy there, and something would happen, you know, and just take that, that little edge away he would have. It's got to be weighing on his confidence a little bit. It's got to be something because, like, so Seattle, um, if he didn't get – was if he didn't get the Red Cross, if he didn't jump on the Red Cross, he'd be in, like, oh, s- yeah. seven points back, and it was going to be 
like there was gonna be a title fight you know and i was so excited for it and then after that was houston i believe and then nashville and he just started making mistakes he obviously got into a cooper a little bit in houston like it seems like maybe the pressure gets to him which i don't think it's happened in the past i don't know what it is now maybe he knows he's getting older and he knows he needs to make it happen uh it's just like it's weird to see yeah you know i i think man i don't know how to say it without being ugly and i don't want to be that way I think there's just a little part of Marvin where it, maybe he's not quite mentally strong enough in certain areas, which is kind of what you're saying. He starts to fall apart. Uh, not not fall apart in the way like we talked about Eli falling apart yeah. when he gets on his – but he just has these little quirks or whatever when things – he gets off a little bit. If something gets in his head, you know, like like you said at Houston where Cooper wasn't backing down, or Cooper was kind of giving the business a little bit, and he just sort of started falling apart. Um, yeah, he's, I don't know. Maybe there's a little mental strength kind of thing he needs to work on do you think it obviously this is kind of like you know like a broken record but do you think it has to do with cooper stepping it up and being right on his level and better actually i don't think so yeah. i've asked marvin about that enough times and you know he could be just he could be not being honest i guess but he 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 seems his reactions are no that's not it you know he, I, I think he's fine with marvin and his abilities being there he had to deal with that with dungey was there mm. um i i think he's just he just there's a little piece of the puzzle missing. Yeah, I agree, and it's just I. So he's my brother's favorite rider, and I mean I don't I don't not like Tomac or anything, but it's it's cool to see someone else you know out there battling for a title, and I think everyone wants to see a title fight. So it's frustrating when he brings like I think after Southwick he was within a moto, and then uh, yeah brings it close and then starts to fall apart again. It's just it's frustrating to see, and I think it's kind of weird the the big consistent inconsistency this year uh, as opposed to last year, but. I guess that's just our sport. Yeah, I think it is, you know, and, and we've got a lot of – there's a lot of talent. As everybody always says, the, the field is deep, and it really is. You know, there's not really a whole lot of guys out with injuries right now. So there's – you look at the list of guys that could theoretically win. Uh, I mean, look, Jason Anderson, look how bad he finished. But, you know, the reality is he could win a moto or super uh, overall, you know, Barca. All, there's so many guys, it's it's hard to be consistent. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, all right, dark side uh, – before I let you go, uh, give me your winners this weekend in Washougal. Okay, winners. Uh, I, I, I say AC. On, um, yeah, AC in the 250s, although I would like to see Dylan win another one and make it tighter. I like Dylan a lot. Um, but I think it's going to be AC, and I think Cooper Webb wins again. All right. I'm going I'm – Although gonna... I would like Zach to win. I want Zach to get an overall really bad. Yeah. I'm going to go Marv. I think, you know, he's probably going to listen to this, oh. you know, because it's such a big yeah. deal. And it's you know it's gonna fire light the fire inside, and then I'll go I'll go AC. Okay. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say yeah AC I think is gonna keep stretching that points lead away. Mm -hmm. You got did you hear about Hunter Lawrence that he's yeah, out? I just saw that. It's a bummer. Yeah, that's disappointment. Hopefully it's not nothing too gnarly. Uh, to where it, he didn't really say how bad it was. I don't think, but hopefully it's not too bad. Yeah, he didn't say. Actually, one of the Geico mechanics, Derek Dwyer, texted me earlier about something else and said, I guess you heard. And at that point, I actually hadn't heard. I haven't really been on social media much today, and I didn't know. And, and Derek didn't give me any details either, mm -hmm. so I don't know. But, I mean, I think it's going to be probably the rest of the season. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't – like, it's really bad where it hinders his Supercross prep. That's, that's the only right, thing I'm worried right. about. But. Yeah, for sure. All right, Dark Side, uh, where can people check out your pod? Uh, anywhere podcasts are found, uh, it's the Moto X Pod Show uh, on YouTube. Moto X Pod Show, follow us. We've got a, a YouTube channel where I put up videos when we're at all the big events, and then myself and my producer DJ TJ, we put up stuff when we go riding. So yeah, just search out anywhere you get Moto uh, podcasts, whether it be Stitcher, uh, what SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever. Moto X Pod Show, and you can find us. Awesome, man, and and check out the Pulp MX Wrap Wrap Up Show. Um, yep. On probation, but we're hoping that gets lifted here soon. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping after last night's show that's lifted. Uh, I think last night was the best one okay. yet. Second, I, second I best. Called out for the one with that? me. Second best. The one with me was the best. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours was the best. I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. My apologies. But um, I, I made a couple mistakes. I've already been called out on. Like I called Dan, or in the intro, I called Dan Bentley. I called him Dane Bentley. First of all, I thought his name was Dan Bentley. Mm-hmm. But it's apparently Bentley, and I had just said, you know, Zane Merritt was on the show, and I called Dan Dane. Stupid little mistakes I made, and 
Uh, a couple others and, and the listeners definitely have called me out on it, but uh, that's part of the fun, I guess. Exactly. Hey, that keeps you on your toes, you know. Keep always improving, <laughs> yeah. dark side. Yeah, but you know that's fine. Steve, Steve uh, again, you know, twi- put on Twitter, Clippy Clippy, <laughs> and I, I had to call him out on his mistakes with like saying that Zane was riding a Honda, you know. Yeah. So hey, even the best make mistakes. So uh, if you know, I can't. I don't know that I'll ever fill Steve's shoes. So I'll just try to hang in there. All right, man. Uh, thank you again for coming on, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate you, Kurt, and uh, good luck. And uh, I hope to see you another round soon. Maybe you'll be able to make a Supercross. Yeah, I think so, dude. We got two in Florida now, so Tampa and Daytona. Heck yeah. So we'll be out well, there. Well, I, I need to get to Daytona. I've never done a Daytona, so maybe maybe in 2020 I'll hit Daytona. All right, man. I'll All see, right, you. see you. Thanks, Kurt. Later. Bye. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.